Hi Church, welcome to week 4 of our Lent 1010. I'm Pastor Fergus and over the last three weeks, we have been looking at Jesus and His obedience and humility. We looked at His work and His and his ministry. We went through the whole of the uh, Passion Week and which takes us all the way to where we are here today, which is Jesus on the cross. You know my friends, the cross does not make for pretty reading. It's not, uh, 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 it's not the most sentimental uh, uh, part of the Bible. It certainly is, is very evocative. It's certainly very, very uh, uh, graphic, but it's not pretty reading. So before you jump into, into all, those, uh, all those things, and once we jump in, it'll be five whole days. Um, uh, but I want to tell you all and show you all something uh, quite funny that I saw recently. So my wife, Athelia, recently um, found this picture of a, of, of a goat, right? Um, this is the, um, the, the kid, the young goat. It's a Damascus goat, okay? So as a, as a young goat, it looks like this. Quite cute, right? Like really pretty goat. You know, it's like all white. And it's got this sweet looking face and it's got the long kind of ears. It's kind of like, <laughs> I was joking with my wife saying that, wow, so lingloy, this goat, you know? But what you don't realize is when this fella grows up, it becomes this, right? It becomes this. And, uh, and I don't have words, right? When I see this, I, 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 I'm utterly shocked how this can be the same as this. And when, when Athelia showed me this for the first time, my immediate reaction to her is that I've never seen so much horror and beauty in the same creature at the same time. And just as I said it, the Lord said to me, Fergus, I know of another lamb who had all the beauty and all the horror on him at the same time. And I was like, oh God, that's right. That's right. All the horror, yet all the beauty at the same time. Jesus, the Lamb of God, who died on the cross. Let's get into it. Let's read Romans chapter 5. If I can show you Romans chapter 5, verses 6 uh, till 10. I'm going to read it from my Bible, but you have it on your screens. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare um, even to die. But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. You know, my friends, when we look at a text like Romans chapter 5, I want to draw your attention to this one line, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us while we were in a state of ungodliness. Now, when we think about how Jesus died for us, sometimes we might even think, wow, we must be so VIP that Jesus would die for us. Like we are too big to fail. Like we are so, so such precious jewels, you know, and, and so important to this whole world that if we die, the whole world would be much less off. That's why Jesus nye, nye, must die for us. And then you read something like this. 
And then you suddenly humble because you know what? God didn't die for us because we were so high and mighty and so VIP. God died for us while we were ungodly. Or another way to put it, as you might have seen in the daily reflections that you might have read earlier today, if you haven't, you can still download it, that, that God gave Himself up. Jesus laid down His life for the worst version of all of us. Or as Isaiah says in Isaiah 64 verse 6, that all of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Wow. Now friends, I don't say this to put any of us down. The least of I mean like I am the first one, you know, to, to own up, to, to, to kind of like checking the box for all these descriptions. But I'm sharing this with you because if we don't come to the reality of our deep ungodliness before God, then His death becomes cheapened. But it is not cheap. It is the most powerful act of self-sacrifice that He would die, not for the righteous, He died for us while we were ungodly. So my friends, today I'm going to lead us into a short prayer and then I'm going to do a little bit more after that. But right now, I just want to lead us to, to just rest and enter into the reality that Jesus would die for the worst version of us. Let's pray together for a moment. Heavenly Father, Oh, how I thank you. Oh, Heavenly Father, how we sometimes cannot even comprehend, how we sometimes cannot even uh, think about how and why. Why would you die for the worst version of me? Lord, why? Lord, I have seen myself at my worst. I cringe when I think of myself at my worst. Lord, and yet you would not just support me, you would not just love me, but you would give up your life. You laid your life down for me. Lord, if that is not love, I don't know what is love. So Father, I just want to say that I'm prepared to go on this journey. I'm prepared to go on this journey of being exposed before the throne, to be exposed before your eyes, to allow myself to be searched by you, O Lord God, so that all my ungodliness can come face to face with the redeeming power of Jesus on the cross. So Father, as we go on, I just want to submit myself to you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Church, was it nice to pray together? Now, we're going to pray a little bit more together in a moment. But before that, I want to show you the next section of text, which is in Romans chapter 6. It's the next uh, uh, chapter. And I'm going to read to you from Romans 6 verse 8 till 11. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. Come on, church. Can we say this together once and for all? One, two, three. Once and for all. Wow. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ. So my friends, it's not doom and gloom. 
quite the opposite. When we think about the cross and we consider that Jesus died for the worst version of you, for the ungodliest people that you can even imagine, that friends, He died for all of us in our most ungodly state, for the filthy rags once and for all. Which means, you know what? You don't need to keep crucifying Jesus. You don't need to keep crucifying yourself every time you sin. Because the death He died, He died once and for all. You know, my friends, sin no longer has dominion over Him. And if you are in Christ, then there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. That's Romans 8 verse 1. And so because you are in Christ, then sin no longer has dominion over you as well. So in a moment, I want to lead us all to pray and to pray in power, to pray in newness, to pray in victory because the power of sin which used to chain us and shackle us in ungodly Godliness no longer has a hold. That, that, that cord has been cut forever. Those chains have been broken forever. No longer can it hold you. No longer can it reel you in anymore. You belong to Jesus and He whom the Lord sets free, He whom the Son sets free is indeed free. So my friends, I want you to know that you are free in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. My friends, before we go into praying, I just want you to think about one friend you have who needs to hear the power of the gospel that sets them free. Because maybe they are caught in addiction, maybe they are caught in some kind of repetitive sin and they don't have power to break it. And because you and I have, been, have, have experienced what it's like, to have the most wicked version, the most terrible version of ourselves, loved by Jesus. Do you not think Jesus wants to find them, them being your friends, find them and save them and break those chains as well? Friends, amen? Amen. So as we're going to pray, I want you to think about one friend. So I want you to think about yourself and I want you to think about one friend that the power of the setting of captives free can finally reach them just as it has reached you. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are conforming us daily into the picture and image and the character of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you've broken the chains of our ungodliness. The work on the cross was the work of breaking. The work on the cross was the work of conforming us to Christ, of transforming us out of our old patterns into new and renewed patterns. Father, we thank you that on the cross, you did a decisive work. You broke, you broke the power of sin over us, the way we shatter a glass cup, that it can no longer be put back together. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you would do this for us. Thank you, Lord, that you would do this for those who were warring with you, for those who were rebellious against you. For once, my own heart was hostile towards you. But in that state of sinning, you gave up yourself. You laid down your life in love for me. And in so doing, you've set me free once and for all 
forever. I pray right now that all of our friends will also come into this saving power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, Friends, I'm so happy to be here. I know the cross is going, it can be quite heavy, but we're going to realize and know that there is so much power and victory in it. So I'm done for today. Remember your friend, you can text them over the next day or two. You can even send them this video if you think that they are ready to hear it. Until then, until tomorrow, that is, good night and just continue praying and, and meeting Jesus. Amen.